What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket, and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. And welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and City podcast brought to you by The Dip, where we shoot the shit about every episode of Sex and City, the two movies, and of course, the upcoming revival. And just like that, I am your host, Samantha Bush. And of course, I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I Great. How are you? Shaking like a rattle. Guys, Shake. <laughs> we, I'm, I can't even, I'm, we have, I can't speak. <laughs> no, you it's been a moment. It's been the yeah. It's I been very a long... rarely make mistakes, and my tech today has been janky as hell. It has, but you know... we're back. We're together. I'm feeling more secure. I've got a great rose inspired by the book on Earth. We're briefly gorgeous. So let's get into the Sex and the City cinematic universe, because there really isn't that much going on this week, at least that I'm seeing. I mean, we're getting more pictures of that awful man bopping around the city with Carrie. But I wanted to dig into the other characters, because I feel like we've spent so much time chatting about old CB that we haven't really dug into what could possibly be going on with our other two girls. So what do you think Charlotte's going to be up to in the revival? Well, I think with Charlotte, she is going to have kind of a difficult time maybe navigating her daughters being older and like not really necessarily needing her as much or being as dependent on her. So I can see her kind of struggling with that. And then also like, what is she going to do with her free time? I can see Charlotte like volunteering a lot. I can see that for her. And look, obviously, Charlotte is someone who, and we've talked about it and will continue to, is someone who's been so defined by a desire to be traditional. I would love to see her exploring re-entering the workforce, getting back into the gallery art scene. What does that even look like in a 2021-2022 post-pandy world? I know what I don't want to see is her on Zoom. I don't want to see any of them on Zoom, but then that really just got me thinking, is Harry going to be working from home? And is she going to have to like deal with Harry being home with her all the time? Harry's definitely doing Zoom meetings and then standing up and his like privates are showing because you know he likes to be naked. (laughs) He definitely had a few Zoom fails like in court or like he was the guy whose like face was a cat. Yeah, (laughs) that was Harry. I'm really curious like what their relationship is going to be like because I feel like for so long it was kind of like the perfect relationship for Charlotte and on the show it was always like the very like steady one that I'm very interested to see like are they going to kind of have like a rocky period? I mean, yeah, right? Like even in the first movie, their storyline is that, you know, she's pregnant, but everything's fine. It's in their marriage. In the Mm -hmm. second one, she's worried, but it's played for jokes. Like she really has no reason to worry about Harry cheating. So Mm -hmm. it would be interesting and very true to life that this kind of couple, particularly if they're going through the motions of children in transition, either out of the home or getting older and taking on new responsibilities, that that would create some friction in their marriage. And while I, of course, never want to see Sharshar go through anything, because I think she really had the roughest go of it throughout the original run. So I think we as fans protect her happiness so much because we saw her go through so much and want so much that it would be really devastating to see she and Harry go through something. But I think it's like necessary in the same way that, right. I don't think any of us want to see Miranda and old Steve (laughs) go through anything. We're like, we, we suffered in the first movie. We don't need to see them go through anything. I don't think they are together. You don't Steven, Steven Miranda. No. 
what is are, are you basing that off of anything other than your dizzy brain <laughs> no i yeah it's just off my dizzy brain by the way I i'm just, back baby the internet's good and i'm yeah dizzy. yeah the moment the words shar shar left your lips i was like he's fine shar shar and now i'm making fun of you i feel good yeah this feels we feel good. we're dropped in yeah my dad also you know is a big fan of the podcast he loves this podcast and did he, he also do had, a wellness check on you? I had to correct him the other day when he, he took me out for my birthday. He thought we were saying Ditsy Carrie and not Dizzy. So he said, so he quoted Ditsy Carrie at the table. And I was like, oh, I don't want to correct you. Shout out to dad. Love him. What an icon. Yeah. Both your yeah. parents. <laughs> yeah. Legends. But anyways, I just feel like her, like Miranda and Steve are just like really good co-parents. I just don't see them like being together. So do and we really will get into the episode in one second, but that brings up a question that I thought we were going to cover next week when I asked you the question, what do you think Miranda's up to? But let's get into <laughs> it. Fuck it, let's do it live. Yeah. And also, I mean, think of any of the new women that are joined the show, like maybe Steve is dating one of them. Okay, but also do you think there's a world in which they rip from real life and Miranda is, is now a lesbian. a lesbian or bisexual and dating one of the new women? Do you think they would go that far? I don't know. I feel like I heard that like in the rumor mill that like Miranda's character, yeah, <laughs> will be gay or lesbian. But, I mean, I don't know. All I know is, like, I bet one of the new women is in a relationship with one of the Hobbs-Brady family. And maybe it's Brady-Hobbs. We don't know. Maybe. I well, like never forget that age. was a plot point in the third movie. Samantha was going to be sexting Brady. <laughs> and we're shocked Kim Cattrall said no thank you. Oh, and then a new photo did drop today of Big and Carrie in the kitchen, and he's got that's his not a new gra- photo. That's from the stills from that's one of the we saw that in the trail in that little HBO Max trailer from the Emmys, and it turned me on them in that kitchen where he cooking. was like reaching behind her. Yeah, we've saw that before. We've seen them in that kitchen in that in those costumes. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, like we've seen them in that. But scene they look before. so comfy, cute. I, I mean, guys, I it's coming so soon. And frankly, given how far ahead we are in this podcast, it could be out. Yeah, it could be out. We could, you know, who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> All um, right, should we get into the episode? Yes, yes, thank you. Let's start with an episode synopsis. Carrie deals with big boundary issues. Miranda plays unintentional matchmaker. Charlotte meets the perfect man and gets close to his family. And Samantha is dealing with deja vu. So before we get into like the specifics of the episode, what did you think of this one overall? It's one of my least favorite episodes. And okay. I say this as, I mean, not even because of like this podcast and us talking about it, but like I don't even usually watch this episode when I'm doing like a binge through. Why? Like I usually skip it. There's something about it that I really just don't enjoy. I don't know if it's like, I don't like how Carrie is the whole episode, kind of like this tiptoeing, walking on eggshells with Big. And he's just like such a dick, I think, in this episode. And then there's like, I don't know. I just, I just didn't enjoy it. I, again, Samantha too, like she didn't really have a deep plot line like it was her fucking a guy that went like it was just weird didn't enjoy it i would definitely say this episode struggles with and they've been doing so well there is no real connective thread here in terms of like a beat in each story the closest i could come to is that maybe they're all confronting something that would make you cynical about love and dating but that's like the theme of this entire show frankly is like what is or is not making you cynical about love right and i i mean it's relatable in a sense like carrie's storyline miranda's even charlotte's like i get it oh samantha's too i guess on some level like you know (laughs) but it didn't really hold me like it didn't like like i was kind of spacing out during it a little i was like okay just kind of lame All right, well, let's hear the monologue and then get into the girls. I started to wonder, in a city as cynical as New York, is it still possible to believe in love at first sight? Do you believe in love at first sight? I love the idea in love at first sight, but no. Same. I just don't think it's possible. No, I mean, I think, you know how couples, like, they always really romanticize how they met? Like, even if it's not romantic. 
And you're just like, you definitely didn't think all of that when you first met this person. But when they're in the relationship, they're like, oh my God, we met and this is what happened. It's like, shut up. So do you think shut love up. at first sight is only, it's only a memory. It's not the yeah. reality of what happened. So I no. could believe in it as like something you remember deeply and it might be true to you, but perhaps it's because I've never met Chris Noth or Dev Patel that I haven't been stricken with um, love. Well, you have. I mean, I think everybody has felt like lust oh. at first sight, like Big says. Like, there's, there are. Every time I watch an episode them, of this show with Big. Right. Especially when he's in his like casual looks. <sighs> what I'd give. Yeah. So. I, I mean, there are definitely, like, men I've seen out where I'm like, oh, my God, that man is, like... I'm Every man him. above the height is 6'2". I mean, above 6'2", of course. Yeah, we know how you go. But let's get into <laughs> Samantha. I might have to get married now. What? That guy I picked up at Miranda's? If you're engaged, I am selling the apartment. Hardly. That night, we went back to my place. Oh, 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 oh. Tuck my hair! Tuck my hair! Tuck my hair! It all seemed so familiar. She was having a deja fuck. What, what's wrong? I've slept with you before. Yeah, yeah, like 15 years ago. Well, why the hell didn't you say something? I just thought you were playing the sexy stranger game. So, she is resolute in her desire to not get married and commit. Like, 100% firm in that while they're all together. And they're hanging out outside of Miranda's apartment, and up comes Dave. Now, Dave, I did have to get his name from IMDb, because they did not give this gorgeous specimen of a man a name card. What'd you think of Dave as soon as you met him? Hunk. Hottie. Thotty Adiana. very directionally challenged. He was like, where am I going? Yeah, he's like, what street am I on? It's like, sir, are you okay? Yeah. And it felt like, you know... Where was he? Why was he so late to the party? Probably on another date doing something. He's He's a real Capote Duncan. Oh, God. Toxic bachelor. Every week. You think he's a toxic bachelor? Dave? Yeah. You think he's toxic? He's toxic enough that he thought they were playing some kind of weird flirtatious game where you don't mention that you fucked before. You're right. Okay. Who would play? Okay. So let's get into it, I guess. So they meet. Samantha takes him home, and it turns out that they slept together before 15 years ago. Well, let's make this a note in here, the point, actually, that when they're fucking, he's like, pull my hair, pull my hair, pull my hair. He didn't have any hair. And then, no, and then, well, because he has people pull it out. It's true. And Samantha's, like, looking at him, like, Isn't that a disorder? Ticatillomania? Yes. Yes, where people pull out their eyelashes and their eyebrows and stuff. Yeah. I knew a girl that did that. She had no eyebrows. Well, Dave. Yeah, so... He was, like, saying that, and then she was like, wait, I've done this before. <laughs> like, someone has yelled this at me before. And then she's like, have we fucked? And he was like, yeah, like, 15 years ago. And she's like, oh, God, okay. Would you be equally as upset or disconcerned as Samantha was? I feel like I would have been like, oh, okay, whatevs. I would have been like... To be fair, uh, I also think I would have remembered. Well, not all of them. I mean, there's some that's kind of... 15 years ago. Some of you don't want to remember. I mean, I've pulled a lot of guys' hair, let's be honest. Oh. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, and I was surprised she cared. Like, maybe that was a part of my issue with this episode, too, is I was like, Samantha doesn't usually give a shit about this. Like, why am I supposed to care? And right, it leads her to mostly feeling like she has to settle down for a moment. She says, now I'm going to have to get married. And then she gets really drunk at the wedding. I think I know you from somewhere. It's very possible we fucked. (laughs) No, I think I know you from college. Then we probably fucked in college. Another cosmopolitan, please. Did this feel like the best use of Samantha? I'm going to say absolutely not. But because there's no organizing principle to this episode, it was hard to think of another story for her. But this just felt like a total waste. Okay, I have a hot take. Okay. Should I say it now or save it? Do you think you'll remember it? No. Here's my hot take. I think Samantha and Charlotte's storylines should have been switched. I think Charlotte should have had sex with a guy and then... Be like, I don't remember having sex with you. And then her having this like freak out of being like, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. And then it would be interesting to see Samantha kind of like, 
toying with this idea of like, oh, I fell in love with this guy. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like no, that I would love, be. I, I actually, I think because they're such diametrically opposed people. And this is something I feel like I just want to think through every single time we were watching an episode of this show is what would it be like if you switched their stories? And in this case, I actually think it would work really well and illuminate for, you know, Charlotte, who God love her. And for a prude, much like myself, we get around. So there is a world in which you can imagine that 15 years ago, Charlotte might have slept with someone, although you might have had to shorten the time frame for her a bit, but someone she didn't necessarily remember. And then there could be fun lines about, oh, he changed his hair or something. But it would be far much more of a realistic crisis for her. And then I think Samantha at a wedding falling and falling for some guy... The only thing I have there is, is Samantha, would she really care if the dad grabbed her ass? Well, that's the thing. I think like that would be kind of an interesting, yeah, like that would have been kind of like an interesting scenario. Sorry, guys. I did not mean to say threesome between a son and a dad. That's dark. Yeah. I moved quickly past that. Yeah. Maybe I I shouldn't even have acknowledged it. I was like, okay, moving along. (laughs) Well, I love this. Um, Yeah. That's such a great idea. Because like with Miranda and Carrie, I feel like. Like, Their stories well, make obvious, complete sense to me. Yeah, for sure. But like the the Charlotte one, I was like, I feel like we've done this with her before. Well, like, should we get into Charshar? Let's get into Charshar. So she is good friends with Madeline. And so she's a bridesmaid at the wedding. She shows up. Well, before that, she is determined that she's going to stand out, which I loved. Because you can yeah. totally get a sense that Charlotte has been like 27 dressed almost she's been in seven weddings already she seems like the girl who you know is either like you know would be a really good like second or third bridesmaid or you're just like i like her she can be around and she'd plan a good party wait till you guys see my bridesmaid's dress is it hideous no we got to pick our own it's this amazing backless black satin Mm, pretty sexy for a bridesmaid well all madeline said was that it had to be black Honey, calm down. No, I've been tasteful and appropriate at seven other weddings. I'm always, Charlotte, don't look at me, look at the bride. This time, people are going to look at me. She is the kind of person, I know a girl like this, who's just like a really good friend to every friend she has. And even if the relationships are different, like on the level of like deepness, that friend still thinks like that is a really, really good person. I'm going to have her in my wedding. Yeah, no, Charlotte was definitely on the road to being in one million weddings. And maybe she has been. because and she, she was also- like, I want to wear a backless dress, bitch. And she'd also be so happy to be in your wedding. Like one thing about her is, is that as much as she wants something for herself, she's so happy to see love in others. Like when Madeline and Jeremy get engaged, she's really excited for Madeline. Very. She's a really good friend. Yeah. Although now I'm wondering, is it Madeline? And I'm saying it like on no, Big it's Little Madeline. Lies. Okay, it's but you Madeline. Know, yeah, you know on Big Little Lies how Laura Dern said Madeline different Madeline and everyone else was saying Madeline. Yeah. I love well. that. Love that show. But so she's determined to stand out. She shows up looking gorge in this satin black dress. Completely stunning. Best we've maybe ever seen her. Well, and this was interesting to me is when she was describing her wedding dress. Miranda was like hopeful that the wedding dresses were going to be really ugly. Her bridesmaid dress. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's not wedding dress. Bridesmaid dress. Said, oh, my God, is it ugly? And then Charlotte got so excited saying, no, I got to pick my own, which kind of makes Madeline, like, kind of cool. And then Samantha's like, oh, my God, that's so sexy. And Charlotte gets a little defensive. She's like, excuse me. I have done this seven times and been appropriate and no one looked at me. Not this Mm -hmm. time. Not this time. So she shows up looking stunning. Gorge. Stunning and stunting. And she meets old Marty. Marty, Marty, Marty. Martin. What do you think of Martin? Marty? I've met so many Martys. Gorge. So you thought Marty was Gorge. Obsessed. Are you okay? Obs- with Marty. I was obsessed with Marty. Do you just when, wait when, until when, when he popped up, I was obsessed with him. Do you just wait until I give my opinion on the men and then you decide whether you hate them or not? No, I have notes about Marty. No, look, mm. they start well and then slowly deteriorate as the episode was going on. But one yeah. of my notes is Marty Gorge. Wow. I like Marty's dad. 
All right. Well, no, he was a real Thomas Ravenel, if you ask me. He was okay. See, that's what I mean. He no. <laughs> you choose the you choose your favorites off of who I don't like. You know damn well that my opinions would never be based off of anyone else's. I see a man and I clock him. That is true. What did you think? So they're getting the bridal suite together. And I thought it was very un-Charlotte to have sex in that bed. I just thought, wow. <laughs> she's To have bu- sex in someone's, like, marital bed? I mean, not, it's not their marital bed, but it's the bed but they're going to... But it's gonna, like... It's, in some ways, it's everyone's marital bed. It's the, it's the bridal yeah, suite at the plaza. Yeah, but it's like, it's the bed that they're going to sl- have sex on for the first night that they're married. And, like, the sheets aren't even clean anymore. I mean, I'm sure they remade the bed, but they're not clean. Roses yeah, they're not clean. And by the way, Charlotte was throwing roses. He was throwing, like, silly putty or paper. It was, like, New Year's yeah. Eve streamers. It was, like, stream, like caught up streamers. Which it I guess really is right. Weird. That's that thing you we were talking about, I think, last week. Or maybe just you and I texting the discrepancy <laughs> between men and women and what the effort they have to do. Charlotte has oh, yeah. found roses, and he just threw into, like, a party city, grabbed some, like, New Year's Eve decorations, and was like, let's go. He went to, like, Spirit Halloween. Yeah, up, fuck and that And he guy. was like, oh. Yeah. We'll see, Marty, there we go. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Marty. So they are absolutely insane. I did turn on Marty briefly when they were at the table and talking about like how many kids do you want? How many I was like, they are maniacs, both of them. Maniacs. They've known each they other five both, minutes. But they are both the same in the sense that like they both want that. Like they both want to meet someone and they're trying to make it fit with someone. That probably isn't going to fit. Like, it's just like they're both kind of like living in this fairy tale that it's that they found the person at the wedding. And it's like, no, that's not what happens because then your dad feels her ass. So, yeah. So they're coming down from after fucking in poor Madeline and Jeremy's marital bed and Charlotte's worried for a second. But then he says, I'll introduce you to my parents which, like, Jeremy and Marty must be very close. That Besties. Oh, hold on, actually. Yeah, now, do you want I to talk did about turn this? into Marty. I did turn on Marty, actually, really quickly. Now, I thought he was gorgeous from the jump when he, the camera, like, panned on to him. I was like, it's a good-looking man, supple mouth. I liked him. Thoughts, comments, concerns? The word supple mouth? <laughs> okay, but then I was upset at like um them like planning their wedding and everything. Yeah. And their future together. Then I had to fucking turn on him and I forgot how much I hate fucking hate groomsman speeches. <gasps> that speech. <laughs> I wanted groomsmen? to jump out of just shut the fuck up and sit down. Groomsmen get the fuck up there and they think that they are Jerry Seinfeld. They oh, think they're like they tapping the mic, like fucking Paula Poundstone, Rosie the, O'Donnell. The pauses, like between each thing that like groomsmen say, it's like, calm the fuck down. Oh, ladies, am I right? It's yeah, like, like, no, get out of here. I was surprised he wasn't like, and when they first met, we thought Madeline was a real whore. These are things I've heard groomsmen say. I'm like, wait, her parents are here. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've literally heard groomsmen give the most insane speeches of all time. First of all, nothing gives me much like more anxiety than listening to a bridal party speech because they're usually drunk out of their minds and just terrible. And everyone's just kind of like, oh, or like I also hate when like people use that opportunity to get like really personal about the bride or the groom, whoever they're talking about. And you're just like, I don't like you're losing us. It's like, yeah, we, we we weren't, we're not a part of your friendship. Let's keep this cute and quick. Yeah. Like, let's go. Like, just be like, oh, so glad you found someone. Love you both. Bye-bye. But it just made me realize the thing I don't miss about weddings is having to hear people give speeches. It's just like, guys, none of us are orators. Sit your asses down. We all want to just drink and dance. Nobody wants to hear these speeches. They are so upsetting. Although I think I would give a great one. <laughs> With that said, I would kill it. A lot of insults. It'd be more of a roast. That can be funny if you have the right audience. Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta make sure. But Marty, this is what I found so odd is that he gave a speech like he was the best man, but he also walked down the aisle with Charlotte. Yeah, that's true. So I'm like Maybe well, there are some weddings where they let him they can do a round robin. I've been to them. Everybody's talking. Just pa- I've been to some, they pass the mic around. If you stand, you can talk. I would leave. <laughs> it's awful. I'd be like, 
This is not what I am here for. So I do want to be clear that much like last week where we did a full 180 on Miranda's love interest, I'm taking back (laughs) everything I said about Marty not five minutes ago. He disgusts me, hate him, and would like him shot. And that's not politically (laughs) correct. No, he's disgusting. Thank you so much. I was really concerned. I just think he has a nice mouth and was a cutie, but then he really started to piss me off. Yeah. Well, then at the end, he really... Yeah, so they come down. He decides to introduce Charlotte to his parents. His mother is, like, thrilled. She's like, is is she the one? I know, and he's like, relax. I'm like, ma'am, shut up. Yeah, she got real excited. I'm like, your son just fucked at another person's wedding. Yeah, like... Relax. And also, I hope they used a condom. Did Marty have one? He probably so did. They, he definitely did. He definitely He definitely was... Yeah, I'm not even going to say what I think he yeah. said. Oh. As he was getting dressed. What a disaster Ugh. that guy is. Fucking Wait, asshole. what do you think he said? I could see him, like, you know, getting dressed, looking over, seeing a condom, and like, I'm going to get some gosh tonight. Oh, Yeah. Like, couldn't you see it? Like, he's yeah. just that motherfucker. I hate him. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you really did a 180 on him, and I couldn't be thrilled. So couldn't be more thrilled. Marty's dad, but I'm still going to give him a nickname, Marty, grabs Charlotte's ass. And Marty is not excited when when he finds out. He blames no. Sharshar. Isn't he something? And he's very smart. He's pretty much my role model. He used to take me to his office when I was a little kid. Your father just felt me up. What? We were dancing and he just put his I, hand Look, down. my parents have been married for 50 years. My dad would not cop a feel just because some girl is wearing a slutty dress. Suddenly, it was clear to Charlotte that Martin wasn't going to take her side now, or after three or four kids, or ever. Did the last four and a half hours mean nothing to you? My parents have a beautiful marriage. He's like, and you're a whore. I'm I, like, what the fuck? Yeah, you think he's going to fall for some dumb whore in a dress? Like, whoa, buddy. Whoa. Again, let's... A shout out to our season two king, Kevin. Mental health is important. Mm-hmm. Men, get take on a, a pill. look words. Yeah, get on a pill, call, you know, get on better help. Better help if you'd like to sponsor this podcast. Did you think Charlotte should have told him? <laughs> I don't think I would have. <laughs> I know, I thought the same thing. I was like... <laughs> I was like, I don't think I would have no. said anything. <laughs> I would have been upset, and mostly what he might have seen, and it would have totally. been more realistic if Marty had seen Charlotte react. Yes. But the fact that he comes over and she's just like, your dad just grabbed my ass. It's like, all right, well, I don't mm. know if you want to just go right into that. Like, Yeah, he was like, he was like, how was that? She's like, he grabbed my ass. Not to victim like, blame. Yeah, never. Because Charlotte, of course, can say whatever she wants. I just, I'm just talking about what I would have done. I don't know that I would have instantly told this guy, like, oh my God, your dad just grabbed my ass. I might have reacted. I might have cussed his dad out. But I certainly wouldn't have instantly been like, hey, did your dad just grab my ass? Because I would have expected, actually, Marty to reply the way he did. But I did just want to point out something. Do you think that, mm-hmm. I mean, Charlotte obviously has this tendency of really going into men really quickly. Yes. And I just wish that the show, I mean, we are absolutely believe that these are four best friends. And it's just surprising to me at no point in the show yet have we heard one of the women say like, hey, you really go deep quickly. And it would be a great scene to see if they like said to her, Hey, we want to make sure you're choosing the right guys. And we saw it briefly with Carrie and the guy who Charlotte was kind of pretending to like, who did um, work around her house, where Carrie sat her down and said, like, you can't fake a relationship. And Charlotte literally said, yeah, you can. And Carrie was like, actually, I have to go. I'm dealing with big. Do you, baby? She's like, yeah. And maybe that's the thing when you have four people who are a mess. It can't be the blind leading the blind. Well, that's what Samantha's famous line. She said, this is like the blind leading the blind. But there's also this, we're not seeing it a lot yet, is like these women don't have like those talks with one another yet. That's not a thing that they like do in the show. I mean, obviously in the season six episode splat, I believe we'll see it with Miranda and Carrie. Yeah, Miranda and Carrie, it happens a lot. I mean, like... I mean, I wouldn't even say it happens a lot. I can name two, three times. Yeah, you're right. Okay, maybe it doesn't happen that often. But I'm thinking of them in the vintage store with About Big in season, I think that's coming up at the end of season two, and then that episode in splat. But it's not like they're regularly sitting down and saying like, I really think you got to do better. 
And then, of course, there's Dizzy Carrie in the first movie where she makes Steve's cheating about Miranda. Like, you need to work on forgiveness. It's like, well, could my husband work on not cheating on me? But we'll get there. I was going to say, I can't get into that right now. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. So I was very excited to see that this storyline was actually in this episode because it is based off of one of the writers. I can't remember which, but when we were interviewing Jennifer Armstrong, she this is the story she pointed to as being really freshly ripped from one of the writers' lives. And you can really tell because they really sit in this story for a <laughs> bit of time. And they honestly, do. I think Miranda might be in this episode longer than Carrie if we just did some simple, like, just clocking a time. I just think it's really relatable. I like, love this, this feeling. Story. I love this story. Like, I mean, maybe because it's just like where I am right now in my life, but I was like, wow. You're obviously not hiring a decorator given your background. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Um, it's a did, work you, in progress. did you recognize Madeline? No. Oh, well, you never watched The Good Wife, did you? Or The Good Fight? No. She no. is Carrie Preston, the actress, and she is You plays... call back to this show. It's The Good Wife. Shout wanna, out to Do the you good... want to do a, re- a recap on that show, too? Honestly, this is Shortcomings. It's a Good Wife, Good Fight <laughs> podcast. Um, hail yeah. to the Queen, Christine Bransky, always. Shout out to Audrey McDonald, Delroy Lindo, Juliana Margulies. I want to know what happened between her and Archie Punjabi. Why couldn't they film that final scene together? But she's a great actress on The Good Fight and Good Wife. Uh, She plays this kind of quirky lawyer. Her name isn't coming to me, but the minute I heard her voice, she's so fucking funny on that show. And I believe won an Emmy and is married to the terrifying actor Michael Emerson, who was Ben Linus on Lost. So that's just a recap of Carrie Preston and how she intersects in my life. And I, by the way, dialed that all up from the first second I heard her voice holding those frogs. Oh, holding those dancing frocks. So, Marian, Miranda has hired a decorator. Mar- Miranda. Miranda. <laughs> half Steve, half dinosaur. Yeah, that was land, very land before time. Miranda has hired a decorator to prepare for the arrival of Jeremy. What'd you think of Jeremy? Mm, I love Jeremy. Sam, you knew I would. I loved. Oh, you did? Loved. Loved his floppy little boy hair. I stopped calling him glasses. Jeremy and just started calling him Jer Bear. Jer Bear, he is a king. A king. king. Honestly, Jer Bear lives somewhere between Bradley Mego and Ben, and maybe that's our sweet spot. What is wrong with you? We'll get there. We're gonna get there. Oh, because there. you love Bradley and I love Ben. Yeah, and I Jeremy feel like he's like somewhere in that sweet spot. Yeah, of one episode forgettable men who we're gonna talk about for the rest of our lives, much like Tommy King the Kevin and Tommy. Oh my god, King Kevin. Who are the? Okay, we've discussed men on this show that really have stayed with us and i want to stay with a, the show itself <laughs> absolutely not and we can only hope that we get jeremy in the revival oh my god i better than fucking bitsy you mm, i would love a quick little dinner a little check-in just in the background but they've been virtually flirting which i thought was very 2021 that they're emailing so, each other which also just made it feel like Instantly, I was a bit more invested in the story. It's kind of like yeah. how when you watch You've Got Mail now, and the story totally. makes so much more sense under yeah, kind of a dating app world. Yeah, and it's not like as weird. No. It's not like as weird. Yeah, I'm like, when people are like, oh, I can't believe you're doing this. I'm like, LOLs, I literally do that two times a week where I go see a man who might kill me. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> but Shout sadly, out to dating apps. <laughs> Got to get off of them. Instantly, Madeline and Jeremy meet, and they are into each other. Immediately. She brings in that table. He looks at her. 
And Miranda's the third wheel. Did you want to join us? Last week I was doing an interview at a restaurant in Kensington. Miranda suddenly found herself in the situation every woman dreams of. She was on a truly great first date. Just be careful not to eat any buckshot. (laughs) Unfortunately, it was somebody else's. I should get Jeremy home. He must be jet lagged. Actually, I feel great. I slept on the plane for once. Well, I'm pretty beat. Did did you want to go? No, not if you're... Go ahead. Well, I can find my way back. Right, of course. We don't have to... Except I forgot to make a copy of the key. Um, Jeremy could use my key. Of course. I gave you a key. Well then, good night. I... Yeah. Now, the only time I wasn't attracted to Jer Bear was when he was telling his story and doing that weird little accent, like, don't kiss the baseball at dinner. Oh. I was disgusted you know, there. He was doing a lot of voice work, and I didn't he needed appreciate to cool it, but... it. He needed to chill. I was upset. But Miranda thought that this could be it. She, she was really like, did. I am getting frankly, this... I thought it could have been it between me and Jer Bear. I thought he was going to lunge right off the screen into my lap, and he didn't. So Miranda throws Jeremy a going away party and they get engaged and this spares on. Well, let's talk about the timeline. Well, it's one week. <laughs> a week. A week. And I'm confused why Miranda is throwing this party. Well, first of all, who are all the people at the party? I was what I'm saying. There were so many people there. I was like, who are all these people? He's there for one week to see if maybe he wants to move back, which means he isn't really connected to New York at all. And I mean, to be fair, if I had met Jeremy like one time six years ago and was invited, I would have gone. He's just that kind of guy. He honestly, he's just one of those people who when he touches your life, you don't want to let him go. That's I mean, that explains Marty's speech. Yeah. So they get engaged after one week. Miranda is really pissed. And I think she's really starting to think also fate is against her. Yeah. like She's like, I'm invisible. Nobody likes me. What am I doing wrong? It's really sad. And her fucking doorman doesn't even know who she is at one point. Well, and I think what the writers did with this, and maybe it was intentional, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But I liked that they made Madeline likable. Wow, that's so interesting. You liked Ma- I think they didn't make her evil, but I did not find her likable. Oh, you I just thought she was like a nice girl. I think trying to find a job for everyone at your wedding instead of just asking them to attend and leaving them the fuck alone is a bit hostile. But I think that's like just what she thought was like a nice thing. Like at one point I thought she was going to ask like Samantha to valet some cars. I was like, "The fuck's wrong with this woman? Who asks someone to work?" The guest book. Now, maybe that's an old school thing, but you throw a guest book in the corner and maybe one person signs it. Yeah, no one's signing it. And But I think that that was just her way of maybe giving back to Miranda. In her mind, she thought it was like a nice... Yes, it is a nice thing to do, but she's insane. And the way when she asks Carrie to read the poem... Yeah. To not only read it, by the way, write a poem for to a woman who is not a poet. Yeah. And they are like this close talking. It like plays her like a like a crazy person. Like, Carrie, will you please? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I really love your column. In which you write about threesomes and ducks. Please, you who else better to know about love but the woman who wrote about threesomes? Mm Mm-hmm. And, okay, so all I was thinking really this whole time about Madeline is where would Madeline be in 2021? And I, a really clear image came into my brain. Madeline is, like, that really... Well, do you think she and Jared Bear are still together? I don't. Yeah, 100%. True love. Oh, they're not together. Oh, in my mind, they're together. I was with Samantha when they were like, this is lasting not long at all. Madeline, I can just see, like, her being, like, someone that would have, like, a coexist sticker on her car. Like, she's very, like, you guys, do you know what I mean? Do I know what a coexist sticker is? Yeah. Yeah. I can picture her, like, having that. Like, being, like, the really, I don't know. 
I was gonna say she's done like a few stints on like a Love It or Leave It or whatever the fuck that show is called, Love It or List It. Oh, okay. Then you think Madeline's going big time? Yeah, and she got fired off of HGTV after a few episodes. Jeremy and her broke up, and now maybe she's like selling knickknacks by the beach or something. Selling knickknacks by the beach. That I mean, is dark. I just was not as taken by Madeline as everyone. Else. I thought, you know, maybe I'm a fan. Maybe she should replace Samantha in the revival. I was just so laser focused on Jer Bear. I couldn't yeah. see anything else. That face was that sweet face. little that sweet mm-hmm. that little perfect mouth. face. He also had a supple mouth. It was a big episode for White Boy's supple mouth. And, you know, which is a rare thing. But let's move on. Anywho. Miranda is working that damn guest book, and she does mm. get a little bit of payback by re-gifting them the frogs. Oh, careful. Oh. That one's from May. But what are you giving them? The dancing frogs. <laughs> and the main thing I want to say there is Kim Cattrall's a queen. She has a mm. laugh there that they exit the scene on that is hilarious. Yeah. I also don't think any of these women stayed friends with Madeline. I could see her and Charlotte emailing. Madeline's invited to a few birthday parties. Mm-hmm. Like when the kids were little. An anniversary party, age. maybe. Mm-hmm. But okay. like any smart person, when Jer Bear and Madeline got a divorce, uh, Charlotte picked Jer Bear. Yeah, we choose Mr. Jeremy. <laughs> but I did want to just say one thing. What the fuck is Miranda's type? Because what does Jeremy have in common with the weird porno guy from last episode will have in common with Steve? Like, I, it just, like, these has in common with the, was he a chiropractor? The guy who Which couldn't one? get her off? He was an ophthalmologist. The ophthalmologist, right? Like, it's just, like, it's interesting on this show that they never really dig into. The only one who has an almost definable type is Charlotte. Charlotte. And obviously, Samantha wouldn't have a type. Her type is good sex. Mm -hmm. Carrie is a dizzy bitch who, you know, she'll take whatever comes to her. Dizzy, ditzy, whatever she may be. But you can almost see, well, she likes a taller man. We know that. And when she strays away from taller men, it doesn't tend to work out for her. Burger. Trotsky. Guys, stay out of my... I invited, by the way, every listener of this podcast into my DMs about Alexander Petrotsky. And I'm telling you now, get out of them. Did you forget that? People don't agree. Uh, Of course. This is a very unpopular opinion. They're coming in hot. Oh, yeah. Buckle up, baby. And guys, just buckle up, because when we get to season six, I'll tell you what I'm not doing is backing down. (laughs) That. Absolutely not. But I just thought it was interesting that, right, none of them really have types. And certainly Miranda is all over the place in the men she dates. Like, you can't find a definable trait between any of them. You and don't that's think helpful. they all look alike? Dr. Robert, um, when she dated Jim Gaffigan, who didn't want to close the door while he was pooping. No, I mean, like, right now, I think all of the men, they kind of look... You think Steve look- looks like Jeremy? How dare you insult Jer Bear like I that? Mean, no, I mean, because they're all relatively smaller men. Jeremy was like a they, tall king, I think. No. I mean, not Jeremy like Jeremy had a small frame. And oh, I just but mean, I think like, he was tall? I don't think so. I I'll think she likes... <laughs> I think that a lot of the men are smaller, which is like a play off... Skipper like, was Miranda's tall. Like, and she loved Skipper. I can't do this with you. I can't talk about Skipper. He hasn't been on a fucking episode in like eight episodes. Guys, I can't I'm talk about him just, every week. Just texting Samantha pictures of Skippy. I hate it here. And what I mean is like they look small next to her because she's such like a powerful woman in the way that she walks and the way that she like dresses. And then there's the guys that are always very kind of boyish. It's very rare that she's, like, into men that are, like, not boyish. I didn't think the ophthalmologist was boyish and small. He couldn't get her off, but, uh, like, Mark Fierstein's a big guy. No, that man was teeny tiny. No, I don't think you know what you're talking about. We're just going to have to agree to disagree. Okay. And I'll be looking up um, the actor who played Jeremy Height, then a few other things, then saving some stuff on my phone. Where's he been at? Um, We talked about Madeline, but I did just want to say one thing. That wedding Mm -hmm. was tacky as hell. It took place on a Sunday. You cannot tell me you can get a fucking room in the plaza on a weekend. 
Four in four weeks. That no, was that she, was I, an afternoon on a Sunday. Wedding. I think we're to imagine she has a fair amount of connections, but I'm just mm-hmm. thinking like, first of all, and look, the plaza is what the plaza is. That carpet was upsetting. Those mm-hmm. florals. I don't love a high flower on a table. It obstructs the view. They got married at the top of a staircase. It looked like they put three high tops down. Like, you know what it reminded me of? Karen Hugo's engagement party from the last Ramona, Ramona Singer, and Mario's vow renewal. That was I a beautiful God, moment got, in time. But I swear they got married in a room that looked just like that. It was on the top of the steps. It was like a whole thing, and I was like, "That is where Ramona renewed her vows." And by the way, the cake was literally in a corner behind Big. Like, yeah, it this just was looked, not an event. I just wish that whoever production designed this had put a little more effort into it, unless their thought was to make it look cheap. And it also, I was like, is this the exact same room they filmed the wedding in from the first season where they're like the witches of Eastwick? It looked like that same janky ass room. Mm -hmm. I agree. It just wasn't the elegant affair that I wanted for Jer Bear and Madeline. But maybe, but maybe that's the point is because they had to throw it together in four weeks. Yeah, that's like you're not going to get top of the top of the line. No, and maybe it was, I didn't know if there was like a visa thing there. Although Jeremy did seem to be an American citizen, so it's like, must we also get married in four weeks? Is yeah, somebody they're in love. They want it now. All right, let's get into. Carrie, who's, I think, really going through it this episode. Mm, She's starting to feel more comfortable with Big. He gives her the pink head to his toothbrush, which she then puts, like, into a little bridegroom stance. And she says it's one of the more hopeful things that's happened in her relationship with Big. She really bummed me out this whole episode. That was truly devastating. I had tears in my eyes when she she said that in voiceover. I was like, oh my God, like this man is 40 years old and you're like thrilled he gave you a fucking toothbrush head. And also you said that you feel like she's getting more secure in her relationship. I don't think that. I think she wants to feel more secure, but she knows that, like, it's... I think we're to believe, no, at the beginning of the episode, that him giving her that toothbrush head was her thing. I think she genuinely believes that the trajectory is going up. I get what you're saying. Okay. I'm not saying that that by the totality of the episode. Absolutely (laughs) not. But I think that we, she is in that moment so excited and happy, which is what I thought it was. So it was making me laugh, even though I don't think it was um, meant to be that big of a joke. But the way the writers write it, when they're all on the stoop outside of the engagement party, Carrie says, or a man can give you his toothbrush. And literally the other three women don't reply. They're just like, that's... Moving along. No, we're we're not talking about that. (laughs) No, we're... That's not... This isn't your moment right now. But it's just also interesting, right? When she places them in the little bridegroom stance, it made Mm -hmm. me think like, again, does Carrie want to be married? Is traditional marriage something she's seeking? And are we later to believe when she pushes up against it that that's a problem with Aiden? Yeah. I think if Big ever looked at her and was like, I want to marry you right now... She would do it in like five seconds. And so then what is her rebuke of tradition then in the second movie, right? It's just like she's always pushing up against things. And yet what she wants is the thing she already has, which is a obviously a human quality, but can sometimes make her quite frustrating, I think, to watch. And maybe is why you were a little <laughs> frustrated with her in this episode. I, I personally yeah. wasn't. Wow. So they're enjoying domestic bliss. They're together in bed. You know, we love to see them together just sitting there. He's reading. It was a, ma- a callback to the movie, or the movie was a callback. And this is calling back, moment. remember, right before the night before where they're eating ice cream. She's working again. Uh, and we he's love reading that a scene. magazine, which I thought was funny because like I can't imagine big reading a magazine. I did think it was interesting, though, right? What spurs him to come to the wedding is a poem. Like he wants to see her do this poem and they're in bed and ultimately in the first movie they'll be in bed while carrie is reading a book of poetry and ultimately ever thine ever mine ever ours so just poetry it it was the first time that i put together them at a wedding and poetry as it relates to the first movie and how impactful it was here that he can't stay and that ultimately he will have to recite a poem to get back to get get her back i have chills but before we get there and low these 40 years 
Big is on his bullshit for the first time this episode. Guys, you know I... The first time? Yeah, you know I've defended his behavior in every episode. Sure have. This was the first time where I couldn't do it. He is... He's really on some... He's on some shit here. So they have this wonderful evening together. She hits him with the pillow, and then he, like, tackles her, and we're to believe it becomes amorous. She's so excited and says that she's really looking forward to the first time she's ever gotten an invitation that didn't say Miss Carrie Bradshaw and guest. It says Mr. John John James Preston. It is interesting, though, that they have to continue to not say his name, so yeah. they have to dance around that. And he won't sign the card. And he's being incredibly distant and cold about participating in something that's very easy, and but really about acting as a couple and in public. Oh, I left the card here for you to sign. I don't need to sign it. They're your friends. They're not my friends. And your name's on the invitation, too. Really? Yes. It was my first time to get something other than Carrie Bradshaw and Guest. How'd they get my name? Um, I don't know. I guess... Madeline must have asked Charlotte or something. I mean, whatever. If if you don't want to sign the card, it's not a big deal. Not great. What'd you think? It made me so, again, I was so sad for her because she's like, you know, she's trying to play it off like it doesn't bother her. That him being like, like in the moment, of course, she's, you know, like, okay, never mind. It's fine. You know, and because he was like, well, how do they know my name? And it's like, why are you being so mean to her? Like, you're dating. Yeah, like, also, like, they might have called me and I told them. What What did you Right, mean? like, yeah. Sh- or Madeline could be like, are you dating anyone? And she could be like, yeah, I'm dating this guy. Like, it's not weird. He's making her feel so bad about something, like you said, that isn't a big deal. And it's like, it's very frustrating. And it's like what being in a couple is. And in the last episode, they've decided that this is what they're doing. And... It was the first time I was really like, oh, no, big, don't do this. But, you know, I was blaming the writers. I wasn't blaming my man. The writers <laughs> had to do this. I don't know why. Right. My yeah. would never do this. Whoever wrote this absolutely wrote what he did in the first movie. And we'll get there, but I don't want to talk about it. Okay. So they get to the wedding and Carrie goes up and she recites her poem, which is a bit of a disaster because she gets emotional when Big takes a call. His hello? was the end of her endings. Her laugh was their first step down the aisle. His hand would be hers to hold forever. His forever was as simple as her smile. And suddenly it hit me. Two people were committing to a life together and I couldn't even get a guy to be on a card with me. He said she was what was missing. She said instantly she knew. She was a question to be answered. And his answer was, I do. I had no choice but to embrace the moment and try to pass off my tears as tears of joy for the happy couple. What did you think of her poem as a poem? She's not a poet. She wasn't a poet, but I thought there was. She's not a poet. That's fair. I did think that the ending was lovely. Yes, the ending got me. I was like, snaps for my girl. Yeah, I thought the idea of and her and his answer was I do was was very cute. Very cute, but. The poetry as a whole is not for CB. We had a little trouble. We started on some shaky ground, but I thought she landed that plane beautifully. Stunning. Stunning. Very silly of her. And I would feel devastated. I would feel so upset if I was already so insecure. He didn't want to put his name on the card. He thought it was weird that they knew his name. Then he takes a call that lasts the majority of the reception. I was like, I would have fucking lost it. I would have walked into the hallway and been like, what are you doing? We are at a wedding right now. One time I was at a barbecue and a guy I was dating at the time, I've dated some real losers, was like on the phone at the barbecue. And I was like, get off the phone. Interact. All right. Not to defend him. No. No. I did Your not call think it, can wait. I did not think it was very rude to take Ugh. the call during her poem. 
Chris. Just because he said he didn't really want to listen to the poem at all. He was there just to make jokes. However, I do think it is unforgivable and very rude to take a call at a wedding. You should not just, like, the ceremony was still going on. Like, there were, yes, it's just, it's weird because they're seated at tables, so it looks like they're at dinner, which is, like, what the fuck is going on at this wedding? But, like, we're still at the ceremony. You don't just get up and take a call. So, like, I thought it was rude globally as a wedding etiquette. Um, In terms of Carrie, I really could give or take the fact that he got up and left during her shitty poem. Okay. Well, I didn't enjoy it a minute of it. I was so upset for her. And just because she's now in so insecure again about her relationship with big, she's, you know, and then she's being kind of shitty with him. Cause she's just like, can't be direct about her feelings ever. I don't know. I think she is. Per- I, oh, for a bit. Yes. But then ultimately they have a conversation outside yeah. of the reception and she's very forthright in a scene that obviously is meant to evoke. Just tell me I'm the one from the first season finale, but also is directly tied to, I think, ultimately her speech to Petrotsky in the hotel room about what she does and does not want. If you want to go, go. What's wrong? You wouldn't even sign the card. Uh, The card. I'm afraid we don't want the same things. Things like cake? I want someone who's going to be with me until the end of a wedding. Okay. I'll stay. You will? Yes. Single lady, it's time for the tossing of the bouquet. Isn't the bouquet tossed the end? Congratulations, you lucked out. Get us some cake. I want to say goodbye to my friends. She always puts him in a place of power where I don't think he needs to be. Because, like, why is it up to him when they leave? Like, all of a sudden he's like, okay, are you ready to go? And she's like, what? Well, I think because she wants to leave together and she's insecure. He right, could, and that makes me sad. Yeah, like, she could take power, but, right, power often looks like do what you were going to do and I'll tell about it, as one of my favorite poems ends. She is... She wants to go with him. She wants to be with him. That means he has the power, and he knows that. You know, look, I haven't used the phrase he's running her ragged for no reason. His pimp game is strong, because at the end of the day, they do have this conversation. He does say that I want to be with you for the rest of this wedding. And however, timing just works out that um, it, the flowers are about to be thrown, and it's time to go. Now, this is an iconic, you know, moment. The flowers are thrown. They land right in front of the women. But for the first time watching it, sometimes I always thought of it as just like, oh, the flowers didn't hit reach one of them. As in a later episode, it will actually hit Miranda as she's leaving, I think, at Charlotte's wedding, her second wedding. In this one, it's the fact that they're all, none of them reach for it. They've all given in to the cynicism of whatever is happening in this episode, the kind of cynical thing we're meant to believe this episode's about, which, like, frankly, I'm not really sure I buy into it. Right. I think the season five episode, Unoriginal Sin, which is really about cynicism in relationships, will go far deeper. And thank God they chose to revisit this topic because I'm not 100% sure we really landed here. No. Um, But I do think it's a great image of these women choosing, like, you know what? Right now, I cannot, like, reach out for this relationship and try to grab it. No. I've been run ragged. I'm tired. I've fucked men who I fucked 15 years ago. I got a fucking guest book to look at. Yeah. Charlotte's like, I was just fucked upstairs and got my ass grabbed, not one foot from where we're standing. Mm -hmm. I got to get out of here. Yeah. Like, everyone's like, we're tired. Like, we're We're, exhausted. Yeah. And they're just like, see you tomorrow? Yeah. (laughs) Bye, girls. Which I guess that does add that we're to believe it's a Saturday afternoon. It feels like it's 3 p.m. Because it's a, it's a wedding that's over at 2, at 2 p.m. Yeah, like it's like, the, like you could still go to like bottomless mimosas after this wedding. So what did you think of Big and Carrie leaving? And she says, I knew we were meant basically to go home and eat cake in bed, which is so sad. The fact that she's declared this 
not love to this man, but her desire for commitment and wanting him really deeply. And yet she says, I knew I was meant to go home and eat cake in bed. And that's all she's got right now. Again, as happy as I am to have Big back, he is not being framed as this good, positive force in her life and the episodes we've seen. And she's becoming weaker and weaker to reference back to that article from the first uh, episode of season two we talked about. It's a slow poisoning, Big's love. It she's is. Not, she's not doing well, our girl. No, she's not like, this isn't a love that like brings out the best in her. Like, it's a love that, like, really, really causes her a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. And I think that that is so relatable to be in a situation where, like, you love this person so much, but they also, like, cause you so much harm in a way that's, like, not a traditional sense of, like, physical harm or something. It's, like, they are so... Well, it's emotional harm, yeah, which, is so, more, which is just as scarring. Right, but it's, like, he's hard to grab. Like he's yeah. hard to hang on to, well, and like remember she just in season can't. one, she says, "I just can't get in." Yeah, when she's talking about him, I couldn't help but wonder something. We have never really seen Big and Carrie happy. It's very fleeting. No, what I mean is, is or no, I'm sorry. Add in like a relationship, right? Like seasons one and two, they're in this relationship. Season one, they're they're dating, and she can't get in. Yeah. Season two, she we obviously are seeing it's not going well. Right. And ultimately, it's going to bust up. Season three, they've got the affair. And then four, five, and six, for the most part, he's a side character. Yeah. And then in the first movie, we see them briefly what their domestic life is like. But then it does not go well there. Second movie, he's barely in it. Chris Noth was like, um, I'm not going to Abu Dhabi. So it's just like, right, we've this relationship that we all feel so tied to is really what we're tied to isn't so much the relationship, but the inability to get to it, to get in. Which is ultimately, right, that's what Mr. Big is, is his, he's a dream. He's not a real person. I mean, he is to me. Which is why Chris Noth, I mean, has even said when women come up to him and are like, oh my God, like I've had my own Mr. Big. And he's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like he is the, you know what, who is the character in you? What's his name? How dare you? Joe. How Joe. fucking dare you come for me like this on this podcast? Are you really doing he, that? Yeah, he is very similar. Like, not in the sense that where he Joe murders Goldberg people. Joe Goldberg is a good man who just needs the love of a nice woman. Or me. Okay, that's... We need to... We'll unpack this at a later date. But I mean, like, it's almost like that, too. Like, where Penn Badgley's been like, girls, like, this is not the man you want. <laughs> like, he is terrible. Okay, but what I will say is, is that people need to get over that because these are fictional men who we do want to love. Played by very charismatic, gorgeous actors. You think Penn Badgley's gorgeous? Um, as Joe Goldberg, yes. I genuinely do not okay. care about him outside. Like, In I can't. I follow him on Instagram. And even when yeah. he posts not about you, I'm like, get out of here, buddy. But then yeah. he puts that little blue cap on in his Heather Gray sweater with just the tuft of chest hair coming up the top. Legs. Wall. Yeah. Meat. <laughs> you make me sick. <laughs> All right, guys. So that's right. the episode. Let's get into fashion. What'd you think? I thought mm-hmm. all four of the women looked great at the wedding, and I really loved Miranda. I in that hated. Black dress. I hated Carrie's outfit. I hated really her hair. the sparkle I hated champagne. Her I thought it was so hated. Hated. Kind of mermaidy looked... at the bottom. Very eighties prom. Yeah, I hate that look, and I hate her hair. I hate her. Like, there's no makeup. Like she looks like shit. I thought the no makeup. I thought she looked gorge. I thought she looked. I thought she no. looked great it, no. throughout the episode. I loved her denim halter and skirt. I love that Mister Big is like turned on by denim when he is she when he calls and she he's like, "What are you wearing?" She says, "It's like a little top denim," and he goes, Boom. "It's like, sir, denim. Yeah, he's, he's it's not horny. leather. Like you have jeans. Why are you so turned on by denim?" Maybe denim as a top. He was excited. I don't know. Would you? Th- okay, so we've got some men in this episode. We've got Big Dave, Jeremy, and Dave's dad. I did say that I would not choose Big this episode, and also he pissed me off. So yeah. I think we're both going with Jer Bear. Are we not? Jer Bear King. Jer Bear Legend. He knows what he wants, and he goes after it. Oh, I did fail to mention Martin, and that's for the best. You, I think, called him Dave. Who's Dave? Isn't no Dave is you, the guy. You said, you said Dave's dad. Like, no, Dave. Oh, <laughs> you said Dave's dad. Dave's dad. Marty and yeah, it was Marty and Martin's dad, not Dave's dad. Sorry, guys. Yeah. 
I loved your hot take from earlier. Thank you. What was your hot take? I didn't really have one about this episode. The okay. only hot take I would say I have, which is directly related to my score, is, is that while I did not enjoy really watching this episode, mm-hmm. I am going to end up actually giving it a higher score than I thought. Because just rethinking about it, I'm going to land at a 6.5. And most of that is just structural I really actually enjoyed how many group scenes there were between the women in this episode. Like, they're all, if you think about throughout the episode, they're always together. And I think that led to a lot of energy in the episode. I thought the fact that we open with them at a party, then they're on the stoop, then they're at dinner together. Chris, then they're at I the watched wedding. the episode. I, I, I just, I really, I, I enjoy scene. the fact that they're all four of them. And it, as much as I thought these, the two stories of Samantha and Charlotte could have been stronger, I thought that the energy of all four of them together created some dissonance where I was like, well, it's not like we're spending a ton of time on this Charlotte yeah. storyline I don't really care about. And the Samantha right. thing happens literally in a flashback and one scene it's just like i wish they'd given her more to do but it's not like they keep cutting back to something i dislike and then i really genuinely think that the carrie stuff is incredibly relatable and heartbreaking and is a kind of nice lead-in to what is going to be kind of the denouement of her relationship with big which i think is going to be over the next three or four episodes until we get to La Dolores Squeeze. And the Miranda storyline is great. That is like isolated. And that's a great like 20 minute sitcom plot. Yeah. So it's not a perfect episode in any way, but it's hot. I, when I was thinking about it originally, I was like, oh, it's a three for me. But honestly, I would watch it again because the things that I dislike aren't actually in the episode for very long. Yeah, I can't agree at all with you. I do. I mean, there are obviously things that you're saying that I agree with. Like, I liked how many group scenes there were. I just, I give it a four. It wasn't my favorite. No. And the only reason I gave it a four is because of Jerry Bear. Just be careful not to eat any buckshot. Yeah, I just think it's a better episode than I really thought. And honestly, also, once I made the connection to the poem thing and poetry yeah. as something that connected and only really connects to this one episode i was like this is really good writing however do i think it's on purpose i'm not 100 percent sure one day yeah. we'll get michael patrick king on this podcast and i'll be able to ask him yeah we'll manifest i'll slide into his dms wait you know you love a dm <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week for our recap of Season 2, Episode 8, The Man, The Myth, The Viagra. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out the other podcasts from The Dip, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, But Now We Said It, and of course, Hot Off The Mess. And you can follow us online. I'm at Lewis 1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I am at Bravo Historian on Instagram and I'm at Take Your Zoloft on Twitter. So you can follow me there for all my unhinged thoughts. Please, men, take your Zoloft. Be like Kevin. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means six flags in the taste of an ice cold Coca Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, amazing animal attractions, and this. Coke is summer refreshment, so you can hop on another ride, like the all-new Sidewinder Safari. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 off passes or daily tickets starting at $39.99. Have you shopped for groceries this week? Bought gas? Literally everything costs more. But there is one way to protect your budget and stay ahead of surprise bills. American Home Shield. They help pay when covered parts of home systems and appliances like your fridge, AC, and water heater break down. With three coverage options and easy monthly payments, there's a plan and price that's right for you. Right now, save $50 when you join American Home Shield. Visit ahs.com music or tap the banner to learn more. Service fees, limitations, and exclusions apply. See plan for details.